Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to What's the Word, a podcast by yours truly, Ryan Ramirez. Thanks for tuning in again. Today's word is law, specifically God's law. What is it? What's the point of it? And why should we follow it? You know, as humans, we are born with some instincts, but they're mostly regarding self-preservation. Babies, and some adults like me, cry when they're hungry. Um, I was just reading that when babies are laying there awake and a blanket falls on their face, the baby will naturally turn its head and flail its arms to uh, prevent suffocation. When it's cold, we put on a sweater or a blanket. Uh, Sometimes when we're scared, we just freeze up. You know, like in the middle of the night when you wake up and it's 3 a.m. and you hear a weird noise in your room and you just freeze and are afraid to even blink. Uh, Some self-defense reflexes come uh, naturally from instinct also, but most of the moral instincts have to be taught to us. We have to be told that some things are bad in order for us to know that they're bad. God's law is his moral code. His law is the standard way of life. He gave us his commandments along with plenty of other laws, you know, do this, don't do that, treat people this way, don't live that way, all of those he gave us uh, to show the different, show us the difference between right and wrong. In Romans chapter seven, verse seven, the apostle Paul writes, the law is not sinful, but it was the law that showed me my sin. I would never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said, do not covet. See, even a couple thousand years ago, the people who were chosen to follow Jesus and help spread his word, they also had to be told what's right and what's wrong. God's law reveals this, and it also reveals his character and how following his law can help us be more like him. When he says, do not falsely testify against your neighbor, it's because he is always honest. He says, do not commit adultery because he is always faithful. He says, do not murder because he creates life. He tells us to forgive others because he forgives us. He tells us to love others because he is all love. You know, a popular belief among non-believers, non-Christians, is that we must follow the Ten Commandments in order to go to heaven. If we don't follow them, that's it for us. We aren't worthy of salvation. Well, here's a shocker. None of us are worthy or deserving of anything God gives us. And the salvation that he so kindly gives us does not come from following the Ten Commandments. According to the all-knowing Google, there are 613 laws just in the Old Testament. And it's pretty much impossible to actually follow all of them. The more we try to follow every command God gives us, the more we realize we are actually incapable of doing so, and the more we realize we need something or someone bigger than the law to make us right with God. We need a savior. God gave us one. His name is Jesus. And putting our faith in him is the only means of getting right with God. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 2, verse 19, For when I tried to keep the law, I realized I could never earn God's approval. He also writes, Well then, is there a conflict between God's law and God's promise? Absolutely not. If the law could have given us new life, we could have been made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures have declared we are all prisoners of sin, so the only way to receive God's promise is to believe in Jesus Christ. Now, I think it's easy to read that and say, 
then why should I even follow his law? If I already believe in Jesus, what good are all these rules doing? First off, I think that if you are truly living for Jesus, then you are internally driven and dedicated to following him as much as possible, to be more like him, to live in a way that pleases him and demonstrates his character so the whole world can see. I personally think one of the biggest reasons we follow his law is so that we can help Jesus reach other people. So he can reach as many people as possible, um, including those who don't really know him yet. In our country, or at least here in California, we have one specific law that I see broken all too often, and it really frustrates me and gets my blood boiling every time I watch someone disobey it. It's one of the rules of the road, probably the biggest rule of the road. It's one everyone knows and doesn't like to follow. I see cars all the time cruising along with either an ambulance or fire truck or police car behind them, sirens on, lights flashing. When this happens, we're supposed to get out of the way, pull over. According to California Vehicle Code 21806, Drivers in California must yield to emergency vehicles when they're using their sirens and at least one visible red light. This law was created so that when someone needs help, they can receive it as fast as possible. These vehicles aren't just speeding for the fun of it. Someone is in danger and needs to be rescued. And these vehicles need to get there and help them before it's too late. Too many people think that where they need to be or getting there on time is more important than someone else's life, and it's not. So maybe we all need to look at how we're driving through life and look at whose laws we're really following and figure out what's keeping us from driving the way we should and figure out what's preventing other drivers from looking at us and seeing how it should really be done. First Timothy 4.16 says, Keep a close eye on yourself and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right, and God will save you and those who hear you. Maybe we are driving with all the wrong things sitting in the driver's seat and giving them too much control, and we aren't demonstrating what is right, therefore not setting the right example and not doing ourselves or others any favors. Maybe we are driving with too much hate, and we need to let the love that we get from Jesus take a spin. Maybe we need to tell our selfishness to pull over and drive with more selflessness. Maybe we need to pump the brakes on our pride and move forward with more humility. Some of us are driving straight towards sin, straight toward the devil himself, and we need to make a U-turn and say, Jesus, take the wheel. Now you guys know I couldn't get through this without a Carrie Underwood reference. There it is, and I'm not apologizing for it. According to that same California Vehicle Code, drivers who fail to yield to emergency vehicles will have to pay a fine of at least $490, and they get a point on their DMV record. I can assure you, if you choose to be the car that deliberately keeps Jesus from reaching anyone, you'll be paying a lot more than a small $500 fine. I'm going to stick with the car reference just a little bit longer. Uh, God's Law not only shows us how to drive, but where to drive. If I was going to pick one part of the car, of a car that represents his law and his word, it would be the headlights. The headlights are there for us to turn on when we're navigating through conditions that prevent us from seeing clearly. We can turn them on when it's dark. 
um, like at nighttime and we can't see the road or we could turn them on if we're driving through a dark heavy storm or a bunch of fog they are there to show us the way the right way so that we don't get lost and so that we don't harm ourselves or others same is true of god's word psalm 119 verse 105 probably one of the most well-known verses in scripture says your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path aka his way is the way his word his law is not given to us to trick us or mislead us it points out the most direct and safest path to him, the path we all need to follow. So what happens when we stop caring about God's law, stop caring about his standard way of life? Well, the farther that we get from that, the closer we get to uh, different standard ways of living, wrong ways of living that are tied to immoral and ungodly values. We just celebrated one of my favorite holidays, the 4th of July. Now, I truly do believe that us here in the USA live in the best country on the planet. I really do believe that. We are alive and thriving and free and have been for a long time. And I think that's because we were built on some uh, godly morals and we used to credit him for what we have. In 1954, the words under God were added to the Pledge of Allegiance. Remember, that thing that we used to say every day in school, that thing that we used to say at all kinds of other events. Together we recited one nation under God. Today we sadly stand as a divided nation and too many people stand against God, not under him. Psalm 33, 12 says, What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord. I wouldn't use the word joy to describe the overall feel of our nation today, and I think that verse really tells us why. We have strayed far from the law of God, strayed from his standard, and have created our own, the law of man. The contrast between his law and ours is unbelievable, and man's law could not be more blatantly working to push God out of our country. We have laws that redefine marriage. We have laws that allow the murder of innocent, unborn but living babies. Just last year, some states had temporary laws, or mandates, if you will, that said that because of a virus, we are not allowed to go to church and worship together or study the word of God together. I'd say far too many of us, myself included, do a lot more worrying and complaining about this and not enough praying about this. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And side note, newsflash, God is bigger and more powerful than any virus, and I don't think he's looking to strike me down for celebrating him and upholding his law instead of submitting to the laws of man, especially when they just want to separate me from him. A global pandemic is a very, 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 very small threat to us compared to the real enemy, whose name is not coronavirus, it's Satan. He is who we need to push out with the law of God. Instead, we are pushing out God with the law of man, and it's not okay. We need to figure out how to restore the world to its original settings. We need to figure out how to get it back to the standard, how it's supposed to be, which is revealed in the laws of the Lord. I wish it was as easy as unplugging, you know, the planet, plugging it back in, rebooting it. Or as easy as, you know, back in the day when you take the video game out of the console and blow into the cartridge and put it back in and it would work for some reason. The only way for us to help restore our country and the world is by obedience 
to God's law because we have put our faith in our Savior and His Son, Jesus Christ. So let's remember that law is an important word, but it's not the most important word. That's the word of God, and it's given to us in the Bible. It is timeless, universal, true, and never changing. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. I hope you all have a great day and I'll talk to you soon.